Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. Most times in life, we must come to the place of convictions. Praise God. Must come to the place where we're convinced of the things we believe. And you find out that uh, in Christianity today, you find a lot of shallowness. There's a lot of shallowness. People not convinced. People not grounded. People not rooted in the word. And so, in Explore Bible Conference, one of our, our aim is to make sure that you are rooted and grounded in the word. Praise God. That you are rooted and what? And grounded in the word. Praise God. Now let's go to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1. Thank you Lord Jesus. Are you ready to receive tonight? Praise God. I said are you ready to receive tonight? Amen. Remember what we talked about last Sunday? Our mutual faith. Amen. Putting our faith together to receive from what God has for us. Praise God. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1. Glory to God. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 1. This is Paul writing. And he says, finally my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Look at that. It says, for me to write the same things. Everybody say the same thing. You know, for me to write the same thing to you, it is not tedious. It's your safety. Yeah, Paul was saying that I'm going to write these things I'm writing to you. I've written them to you before. It says, but to write the same things to you. It's not tedious. It is, but for you, it is safe. You know, most times as believers, we want new revelations. You see, people who are always running after new rema, we want deeper things of God. You know, I used to say some people are so deep, they're already drowning. And we want deep rema, we want deep revelation. But Paul says, I'm writing the same things to you again. It's your safety. That tells us that In Christianity, reputation is safety. Are you following what I'm saying? Reputation is safety. To be reminded of the same thing again and again. It's safety. Most times we want newer things. We want to, oh, we want deeper things. And you see, (laughs) you must, you must, you must learn and you must be comfortable with reputation. Are you following what I'm saying? You know, most times if I say, let's turn to John chapter 3 verse 16. The first thing is most people will not turn to it. Why? I know it already. (laughs) But you know, if the truth of John 3 16 sinks into your heart, you will not be comfortable until you preach the gospel a day. So if you don't have that lifestyle, you're not convinced of that. Do you realize that a lot of believers do not think that the gospel is the solution to the problems of the world? They don't believe it. They don't believe it. 
Because if we actually believe it, our attitude towards the proclamation of the gospel will be different. Our attitude towards the things of God will be different. But a lot of believers don't believe it. For some of us, church is part of our social life. It's one of those places we'll go to. And so, when we get unfettered by church, we change another church. You understand? It's like, I'm supporting this club, and if they don't win the premiership this year, then I'll go support this other club. You know, people who do that, they are not really fans. Praise God. They are not really fans. Glory to God. You know, some of these, for those of you who watch premiership, some of these lower clubs, you wonder that why do people support them? I mean, these are clubs that you know in your lifetime. They will ne- that's, it's not their goal. They, they don't set it as a goal that this year we're going to win the premiership. They just want to stay alive. Rather, their goal is we will not be relegated. And yet, they still have fans. You know, those fans are product of convictions. Maybe those clubs is in their locality. Are you following what I'm saying? So, they were born to support those clubs. It's the same thing with the Christian faith. It's not about what God can do for us or what he cannot do for us. We're convinced that these are the very words of life. We're convinced that this is the hope of humanity. We're convinced that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That there's no other name on earth that a man can be saved except the name Jesus. Praise God. Are you still here? Talk to me. I said, are you still here? Now, Paul says to write the same things to you again. It's not tedious. Reputation is our safety. And so therefore, in this conference, we are going to be repeating things you already know. It will not be tedious for me, but we will repeat them. The truth that you are a new man in Christ. You need to hear it. Hallelujah. The truth that you are a new man in Christ. That any man who is born again is a joint heir with Christ. Hallelujah. You know, most times when we sit in church, what we hear repeatedly is generational curses. What we hear repeatedly is what the devil is doing. What we hear repeatedly is the plan to Islamize our nations. But that's not the gospel. That's not who we are. Glory to God. We need to be reminded of who we are in Christ. That we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That we are more than conquerors. Glory to God. You need to be reminded again. You know, I used to say this all the time. You can't get up and say, well, I'm 36 years old now. I'm 37 years old now. I've been brushing my teeth for the past 30 years. I want to take a break for six months. You you can't do that. We won't allow you here. Praise God. You know, but brushing is basic. But for you to be able to associate with other human beings, you need to keep at the basic. Are we still together? It's the same thing with the Christian faith. To write the same things to you again is not tedious. It is your safety. It keeps you safe. To be reminded of who you are in Christ. You know, the situations of life will come. They will, they will, they will, they will, they will, they will deal with your identity. You know, we're, we're reading over the social media right now. Of suicide cases all over the place. And you know, people are saying, oh, the church should help. Oh, if only they could give money. Oh, if only they could give this. Let me tell you this. Nothing on this earth will satisfy a man who doesn't have hope. Suicide is not for people who are poor. Go and read history. 
Some of the wealthiest people committed suicide. So the problem is not money. <laughs> it is hope. If a man loses hope, nothing will keep him alive. And that's the hope that God has called us to proclaim to the whole world. The hope that there's a life in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's the hope. Amen. Glory to God. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. Thank you Lord Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. God is going to do mighty things in our midst through the word in the name of Jesus. I said God is going to do mighty things in our midst in the name of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 1. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard. Past tense. To the things we have heard, lest we drift away. We must give earnest heed. That means we must pay very careful attention to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. You know, most people want to hear new things. What about the things you have heard? Did you give attention to them? That's why I believe that every believer should have a note. You should have a note for church. To go over the things you've been taught again. You know, you know this. People who never revise their notebooks never pass examinations. You know, I know somehow, funny enough, we have people passing exams right now without sitting in the exam hall. But don't think that that is normal. You know, things can become so abnormal, you think that the abnormal is the normal. So the default of people is somebody can write for you. But you know, one of the marks of a good student is to go over his notes. But then you know you have a lot of people who come to church and they don't have anything to write. They're just looking at you. What are they waiting for? For you to say, today the door is going to be open. Tomorrow you will enter, your, today is your day of acceleration. The next day, you know, uh, it is well with you. Everybody wants to kill you, shut that. You know, you see, sometimes, you see, that's why sometimes uh, our gospel does not appeal to the wealthy. Do you know why the gospel does not appeal to the wealthy? Because almost everything we are promising them, they already have. Are you following what I'm saying? Some people are looking for the meaning of life. What exactly is life? And that's why you see the gospel of Jesus cut across all races. Cut across all economic um, divisions. It's the same gospel for the poor and the rich. Are, are, you, are you following what I'm saying? It's the same gospel. That all men are sinners. Under the wrath of God. And God satisfied the claims of justice. By sending his own son to die for us. And to take our place. That we can become the sons of God. That's the gospel. It's not about what you have or what you don't have. If you are a man in Adam, you were born a sinner. And you needed salvation. And you could not save yourself. And God saved you. We must reaffirm the truths of salvation again. Because sometimes when you even ask believers in church, are you born again? They don't even understand what it means to be born again. They don't know what it means to be saved. Are, are you still here? They don't understand salvation. Some think salvation is because they came out in front of the altar and they signed a card. Some think because they were baptized when they were young. 
you know, some people grew up in a Christian home and assumed that salvation was by hereditary. Some don't understand what it means to be saved. And those who are saved, since they don't understand salvation, don't understand the implication of what salvation brought to them. So they are still running from demons. They are still running, you know, so a man can be saved. He still doesn't see anything wrong in visiting the herbalist. You will hear a born again child of God still saying that heaven helps those who help themselves. And he thinks it's a verse in the Bible. When you say, where did you, he say it's somewhere in the Bible. You know, any believer that says it is somewhere in the Bible is a believer that's not well trained. Never quote a portion of scripture you have not set your eyes on. Don't quote it. Because you might hear it wrongly. Are you still here? Never quote a, you know, when you hear a portion of scripture, be like the Berean Christian. Go back, open your Bible, see it with your eyes. Glory to God. Are you still here? I said, are you still here? So Paul, Paul says, we must give the earnest heed to the things we have heard. So that we do not drift away. What does it mean to drift? You know, if you stay by the riverside, you will observe that drifting, uh, sometimes you don't even know something is drifting. It just goes gradually and gradually and gradually. And before you know, it's inside the water. Drifting does not happen automatically. Are you still here? Drifting does not happen automatically. Drifting happens, most times it is even unconscious. Paul says, if we do not give the earnest heed to the things we have heard, we will allow them to drift away. You know, that's why when we have a Bible conference like this, we are reminding ourselves of the things we have heard. We are giving the most earnest heed to them and we are securing ourselves from drifting. That's what, that's what a conference like this does. We reaffirm the truths of God's word. We remind ourselves of the same things. We anchor our faith in the gospel and in the word of God. Let me, let me give you an example. A little example. How many of you know that the scripture says you should have what you say in terms of our confession? Right? How many of you know that? Okay. Now, do you really think that you would like to have everything you've confessed in the past one month? <laughs> I bet you 99.1% people will say no. Why? Because they have confessed things they don't want to have. They've confessed sickness. They've confessed bad economy. They've confessed all kinds of stuff. So what that means is you don't really believe it. Because if you believe it, you will watch your words. Are you following this? So although you know the scripture says, as you have spoken to my ears, so shall I do unto you, you have allowed that truth to drift. So you talk like everybody else. You confess like everybody else. You say confederacy to what they say confederacy to. So if everybody says the nation is going down, you join them. Why? You don't believe that you can have what you say. And yet when you come to church, you start declaring. And on Monday to Friday, you just talk anyhow. You know what's happening? You're drifting. You know, nobody backslides in an instant. You realize that? That guy who stops coming to church, he didn't start one day. He stopped one service. He gave the excuse of the rain. He stopped another service. He said his grandmother was dead. And he went for the funeral. 
Not forgetting that he said that three years ago, you know, some people, their grandmother die every year because when they are looking for excuses, they quickly use their grandmother who is dead. And then gradually, the guy stops coming to church. Then what happens? He joins people who are not coming to church on social media. And now starts blasting the church. Start blasting pastors. And before you know, he will use whatever he knew about the church to fight the church. And yet, he was once active. He drifted. Before you know, he now says there is no God. Are you following what I'm saying? Or sometimes, he catches a very deep revelation, which is actually not deep. Oh, I'm the church. We don't need physical gathering. <laughs> and then before you know, he starts consulting church services with himself and his wife at home. And before you know, he just tells the women, you know, don't worry, just do with the children, I'm coming. The next time you know, he's not even opening scriptures. Be careful when the things that used to matter to you don't matter anymore. When your passion for God is reducing, be careful of it. It is not growth that your prayer life has reduced. It is not growth that your giving life has reduced. It is not, you see, anything about the things of the spirit that you do, if they are getting reduced, it is not maturity, you are drifting. Are you following what I'm saying? In those days when you miss a church service, something in your heart goes off, you don't feel happy. But now, you say, don't worry, I'll do the live streaming. Don't worry, I'll buy the CDs. No, 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 a thousand times no. If everybody was like you, what would be the state of Christianity in this nation? Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? Go to Second Peter chapter 1. We're just trying to lay a bit of foundation tonight. And I'm trusting that God is speaking to your heart. Amen. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 12 to 13. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 12 to 13. It says, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Though you know and I established in the present truth, I think, yes, I think it is right as long as I'm in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. Can you see Peter? Now, you see, Peter was saying the same thing that Paul was saying. He says, listen, as long as I am in this tent, if I remind you, I am stirring you up. So sometimes when we say, oh, you know, we, we need the revival of God. We need to be stirred up. We need to stir up. I need to stir myself up. Sometimes the way to stir yourself up is to remind yourself of the things you've been taught before. Are you following what I'm saying? It says, as long as I'm alive, I'm going to remind you. As long as I'm alive, I'm going to stir you up by reminding you. Glory to God. Now let me use the next couple of minutes to, to lay foundation on the original plan of God or God's plan of redemption in the Old Testament. What was the plan of God when he created man? What did God have in mind? Now let's go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Genesis 1 26. So I did all that so that if we start reading certain scriptures, you will not just blank out and say, give me something deeper. <laughs> Glory to God. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle. 
Now I want you to realize something here. That God created man with the original intention that man will be his image. And likeness on the earth. What that means is that man was created for original representation. That's God's original thoughts. That man is his image on the earth. Think of that. Think of that. That he is the very image of God. You know, my dad is a pastor and senior pastor of our churches. And one day I, I had a meeting. He was to come preach and I was, I was hosting him. And someone called me. He said, uh, uh, your graphic designer made a mistake. I said, what happened? He said, he puts your picture two times. <laughs> I said, no, that's my dad. He, he now took a closer look at it and realized that it was my dad. Well, actually in that picture, we look very much alike. Now, even though my dad will go, maybe he doesn't say that, but if my dad goes publicly and says, oh, this is not my child, you know, people are going to wonder, but he looks like you. He's your image. You've heard the English word, the spitting image of so, 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 and so. You see, when God created you, or when God created the first man, what God was actually looking for in the creation of man was someone who could represent him on the earth 100%. That's it. That's why when God finished creating the animals, he told Adam to name them, and he didn't come to change whatever Adam called them. He didn't say, oh... You called it lion, but uh, I'm thinking that we should call it leopard. No, the Bible says whatever names that Adam gave to them, so what was it called? It was like God saying, you go call those animals. And you just say, I think this is lion. God says, that's it. Whatever you think is what I'm thinking. That is, that is God's original intention for creating man. I want you, now, I want you to, to understand something, which is what I want to, which is what I want to um, try and teach in this conference is that the new creation let me go to the end of my message and I'll take you through it the new creation is the original restoration of the man that we find in Genesis 1 26 that the new creation is that man that God wanted to represent him 100% let me quickly go to, to the new testament you know when they came to Jesus he was about to go and he came to him and he said, Oh, master, they are looking for you. Jesus says, how long will I be with you? How long? It's like, how long will you direct people to me? He said, we want to see the father. He says, if you have seen me, you have seen the father. I am the one representing the father. Do you realize that Jesus calls you the light of the world? Do you know the implication of that statement? That you are the light of the world. He calls you the light of the world. After he has called himself the light of the world. Do you realize that the same title Jesus used for himself is the same title he used for you? Do you realize that? That's big. I said that's big. Glory to God. That's big. That's big. He didn't call you bishop. He didn't call you apostle. He didn't call you prophet. He looked at you and says you are the light of the world. Ooh. 
<laughs> Glory to God. That we are the light. And yet the people he called light are the people who want to pack out from a two bedroom flat because they are witches. What an embarrassment to redemption. Look at how far we have fallen. Look at how far we have fallen. Scared of witches, scared of wizards, scared of going home, scared of occultic. We, we're running to hide. We pray at 12 midnight, pray at 3 midnight. We can even hardly sleep. And yet we are the light of the world. You see, when he says you are the light of the world, he wasn't necessarily saying you're the richest man in the world. No. Speaking about Jesus in Isaiah, he says, I will give him as a light to the Gentiles. What he was trying to say is, you are going to be the source of salvation to the whole world. You will be the one that proclaims the gospel. That's the true light. Hallelujah. That's the true light. And so when God was creating man, he didn't create man with this idea that we have. That man was going to be running to him for help. Oh God, help me. There's something that makes me come into your presence. My helper. Oh God, I'm in need. Oh no, 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 no. You are actually the master of the circumstance. You're the one who governs. You're the one who rules. You're the one who reigns. That's the heart of God for you. You're the man with the dominion. Glory to God. That's who he created you to be. Until you started coming to church. And they started teaching you how to be free from curses. <laughs> how to torment your tormentor. You know many things we teach that you can't find in scriptures. And then you know if you are trained wrongly you will not know who you are. If you are trained wrongly, you can you see you can train any man wrongly. It doesn't matter if you are a prince. Uh, uh, we find it in in football. I, I I watch football, so sometimes football examples come. You hear of a player doing very well in a football club, and they buy him for such and such millions, and they bring him to another club until the point where the fans are booing him. He's the same player. What happened? Maybe joined mediocres or got into the wrong club. And then he goes back and starts performing. Listen to me. Where you fellowship is important. It will affect everything about your life. You cannot choose what will happen in your life. You choose your belief system. And your belief system will choose what will happen in your life. Are you following what I'm saying? I've even heard ministers of the gospel stay from the pulpit. That, ah, you say this because you don't understand African demons. African demons are tough. Can, do you see that? African demons are tough. When Satan has been conquered, he says the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Praise the name of the Lord. So God created us to have dominion. But what happened? What happened in Genesis chapter 3? Man sinned. Now, listen carefully. I know some of you think that man ate apple. I don't want to go there. But man sinned. Now, simple, simple, simple question. How did man sin? Or what was the process of man sinning? It's very simple. It's very, very simple. 
the process of man's sinning was that he heard words. Satan spoke words to Eve. The Bible talks about that Satan beguiled Eve in her mind. That means he gave her information. So if it was true information that man sinned, how can man be restored again? True information. Now, the right information. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you see, the key to mind renewal is information. Now let's go quickly. Let's go quickly to Genesis chapter 3. Thank you Lord Jesus. Now, you know the whole story of the fall and all that. I don't want to go there because of our time. I want to finish up quickly. Verse 15. He says, And I'll put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So, whilst, whilst this was going on, God already spoke about the seed of the woman, Jesus. Now you must realize something that God's, go to Revelation 13 verse 8, that God's redemption plan, it wasn't like this took God unawares. No, no, no. Revelation 13 8 tells us that. Look at how I was describing Jesus. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have been written in the book of life, of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So before the world began, God already had this in mind that a lamb will be slain for the sin of the world. Now I want you to realize something. What affected the image and the likeness project of God was sin. It was sin. And you know what? That's what Jesus came to deal with. Because if that sin factor can be dealt with, then man can be 100% restored to Genesis 1.26. That's why salvation is the biggest. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? That's what affected, that's what tampered with the plan. That's what made, that's why, I mean, to be a new creation in Christ is a big deal. I said it's a big deal. To be born again is a big deal. You know, even ours that are believers, we don't consider our salvation as anything. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> when Jesus, you see, when John the Baptist was introducing Jesus, he said something about Jesus. He says, this is the lamb that will take away the sin of the world. Jesus came to deal with that same factor. So that you can be that new man in Christ. Let me explain something to you. When, when, we're going to deal with this more as we go on. When Adam sinned, do you know the first thing? The first thing that happened to Adam, the first thing that happened to Adam, apart from spiritual death, the first thing that happened to Adam was this. He became afraid of the presence of God. He hid himself. Are you following this? Now, that's one of the consequences. This was a man that was talking with God, had a relationship with God, but immediately he sinned. He ran away from the presence of God. But you know something? <laughs> when man is restored back to God, by the process of salvation, the Bible now tells us that you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. That now come boldly to the throne of grace. 
That's why I don't understand it when some people say, Oh, let's now enter into the presence of God. Let's just enter. Where have you been? Where do you live? We don't enter his presence. We live in his presence. That's where we are. Oh, you hear people say, let's invite the Holy Spirit. Let's invite him now. Close your eyes. Stretch your hands. No, 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 no. The Holy Ghost lives in us. He lives in us. We are now the temple of the living God. Don't you understand it? You are a God carrier. Glory to God. You are a God carrier. That's who you are. You're no longer inviting his presence. That's where you live. You now dispense his presence. You give it out. Hallelujah. This must become our consciousness. That's why you see, every time you sin, you are scared of praying. Guilt comes into your mind. You know what? It's the same old devil with the same old trick. He always wants us separated from the presence of God. That's the problem. Are, are you following what I'm saying? When you sin and even if nobody is there and you come into church and they say, let's worship. He starts whispering to your ear. Remember what you did. Remember what you did. And you know all those holy hands will begin to just do like this. Ah, gradually. Gradually. Your hands are down. That's why he now tells us. That even when you sin, if you would confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you. That you have an advocate. He didn't only pay for our sins. He stood as the judge to acquit us and to declare us righteous. That's why salvation is crucial. Are you following what I'm saying? That even when things go wrong, you tell yourself, no, that's not who I am. I messed up, but that's not who I am. I confess it. I repent of it. I turn away from it like the prodigal son, but I'm going back home to my father. Are you following what I'm saying? The prodigal son looked at himself and said, I should not be in this mess. A man that should be healing others should not be in this mess. A man that should be setting others free should not be in this mess. When you know who you are in Christ, sin will not appeal to you any longer. Because it is living far, far below your true potential. Are you following what I'm saying? Even when the realization hits you, you're like, God, what have I done? You go back to the Father. And you know what I tell, you know what I tell myself? You know, every time things go wrong and I don't do what is right, you know what I tell myself? When I confess my sins to the Father, speak to the people I need to speak to, I tell myself that for this reason, I'm going to be stronger on the gospel. For this reason, I'm going to get more people born again. For this reason, I'm going to plant more churches. Are you understand what I'm saying? For every time the enemy tries to get me below who I am, I double up on my commitment to the gospel. Are you following what I'm saying? You are not an old sinner saved by grace. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because you have been saved by his grace. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So God came to deal with sin in our lives. Not only to pay the price. I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. Paul now says that sin should not have dominion over you. You are actually the one with the dominion, not sin. 
Every time sin has dominion over you, it means you have exchanged your dominion. Do you understand what I'm saying? Praise the name of the Lord. Are you still here? So let me just give you this quickly. Our time is up. Let me just give you this quickly. God's plan of redemption was made before man fell. We read Revelation 13 verse 8 and 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 7. You can put that up quickly for me. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 7. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 7. And I'll just talk to you about three things quickly and then we'll just pray and then we close. Glory to God. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. Thank you Lord Jesus. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. He ordained this for our glory. Now, the attributes of God were revealed in redemption. Three attributes of God were revealed in redemption. This is where I'm going to pick up from tomorrow. Number one, love. The first attribute of God that was revealed in redemption is love. Do you realize that after God drove Adam and Eve from the garden, he was the one that made clothes for them? That's love. He didn't say, oh, you have spurred my project. <laughs> no. His love. He had to use animal skin to clothe them. Just to symbolize redemption. That I'm going to redeem you. Praise God. John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world. The first attributes of God is love. The first attribute of God is love. Thank you Lord Jesus. Let's read Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, the death of Christ on the cross was the epitome of God's love towards us. Are you following what I'm saying? So God's redemption plan is love. It's a love story. God's redemption plan is love. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 10. Thank you Lord Jesus. Are you still here? Say amen if you're here. In, in this is love. Not that we love God. But he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Oh glory to God. He says we didn't even love God. Some of you were not looking for how to get born again. You looked for girls to church and heard the gospel. It wasn't God you were looking for. You were looking for a girl. And then you heard a preacher. Some of you, your friends disturbed you. until. You were. So it is, listen, salvation is an act of love. Salvation is purely an act of God's love. And you know what? That's what humanity is struggling for. Love. They don't understand true love. Every, in every generation, the definition of love changes. They try to change it. To fit whatever their heart is longing for. But you see, when you, when you have Jesus, you're satisfied. Glory to God. Nothing else can feed that void except Christ. Thank you, Father. Are you still here? So the attribute of God revealed in redemption is love. The attribute of God revealed in redemption is mercy. 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 Numbers 14, 14. 
We'll do four more scriptures and we close. Numbers 14 verse 14. I want to wrap this up so that I can pick 14 verse 18. The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy. I like this about God. He says he's abundant in mercy. God's mercy will not run out. Let me explain something to you. That's why those of you who are so big on using the name of God to kill, using the name of God to kill enemies, using the name of God to kill people, using the name of God to destroy people. Let me tell you something. It is retraining your mind about the mercy of God. Let me tell you the day it will affect you. The day you will do anything that is wrong, you will find it hard to believe that God will ever forgive you. Why? Because you have not trained yourself to believe in the abundant mercy of God. That's why such people, immediately something goes wrong, they just leave church. Why? They have been used to using God as a weapon of warfare. They have never seen God as the one who is abundant in mercy. It was the abundant mercy of God that would make a Paul out of Saul. It's the abundant mercy of God that will look. I was writing a book and I realized that about Peter. He looked at Peter and said, Peter, Satan desires to sift you like a wheat. He says, but I prayed for you. He says, when you overcome, strengthen the brethren. Come on, that's mercy. That's mercy. See, Jesus, oh, thank you, Lord. See, Jesus was committing the church to someone who was going to betray him. Do you, do you understand that? It's like, I'm going to the cross now, and I know that you're going to betray me, right? And I know, oh, Brother Nelson is going to betray me. And I still look at Brother Nelson. Like, like, listen, I'm not going to come back here again. And I look at Brother Nelson and I say, you know what? Satan wants to sift you. Satan wants to make you betray me. But when I have prayed for you, that's how, that's why he overcame. I have prayed for you. If we pray for more people in church, they will overcome more. You know, the problem is we judge people, we cast, it, we, we cast them down, we break them up. An intercessor cannot be a gossiper. If you are a gossiper, you're not an intercessor. But then, imagine I look at Brother Nelson and I say, Hey, after you finish betraying me, next Sunday, you preach. Listen, you can't do that out of human love. Even on the cross, you will lay curses on him. Say, wait, wait, before I die, let me say this final curse. To make sure that he does not overcome. Have you seen ministers lay curses on people who leave their churches? The question I ask is, if you really love that person, how would you feel when they start living under the influence of those? When things start going bad for them, how would you feel? Just for the fact that they are not associated with you anymore. And you see them begging. Or you see them dying. And you say, you know what? My grace and my covering have left them. Are you joking? And you watch another human being suffer because he doesn't sit to listen to you every Sunday morning? You are that bitter? That man needs to be born again. He needs to learn the love of Christ. He says, God is abundant in mercy. Thank you, Father. He is abundant in mercy. He is abundant in mercy. God looked at Saul and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul said, who are thou, Lord? He says, I'm he who you persecute. Glory to God. And God uses that man to write to third of the New Testament. Even the other disciples who walked with Jesus Christ, some of them didn't write nothing. But the man who was a murderer, Paul says, I'm the chief of sinners. But thank God for the God who is abundant in mercy. Glory to God. 
when the mercy of God locates you. You know when Paul started introducing himself, he says, I'm writing to you, I, Paul, an apostle, not by the will of man, but by the will of Jesus. Whoa! <laughs> he writes with confidence. Not apologetic of his past. You know the reason why? He is now a new man in Christ. That old man is dead. That is why it was only Paul who could write the truths of the new creation. Because it was not theoretical to him. It was practical. This guy was a killer. And he had to go back to the places where he had killed people. And preach the gospel to them. And he stood on the pulpit. Not apologetic. You know why? Because that man who was a killer died on the cross. The man who was raised up is now a saint with no account of sin written to his, to his account. He was brand new. Glory to God. He was brand new. Glory to God. Thank you Lord Jesus. God is abundant in mercy. I said God is abundant in mercy. Glory. He is abundant in mercy. These are the things that should make us run in church. These are the things that should make us rejoice in church. These are the things that should make us happy. Glory to God. Glory to God. God is abundant in mercy. That his mercy can never be extended. We cannot finish it. Somebody says, well, isn't this giving people a license to sin? I said, no, people are already sinning without a license. This is giving people license to come back home. That is mercy for them. That is mercy for them. That we can find our feet again. That you can be on fire again. That you can preach the gospel again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That you are now the new man in Christ. God has mercy. Let's be on our feet. Glory to God. Thank you Lord Jesus. Oh glory. Thank you Lord Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Heavenly Father. Come on, let's thank God for His mercy. Oh, Lift your voice and thank Him. Oh, God is bringing mercy your way. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. God is bringing mercy your way. God is bringing mercy your way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.